This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today is the first day back at it. So interesting, today is the first day that here in Columbus, Ohio, on May 26th, I was able to rejoin the Iron Society known as the gym. Right, I said it with incredible tongue-in-cheek conversation because the gym... Now, the gym here is nothing like it used to be. Now, this is going somewhere, and I promise if you stick to the end of the show, there, there's an actual lesson here. It's going to take me a minute to get to it, though. You see, I have no problem stating that as this coronavirus, I'll say thing, I won't give it the weight of a pandemic, I'll just say the thing that has come out, that has come full circle, that has crippled the nation and crippled the world, and definitely cost hundreds of thousands of people's lives, maybe more. There has been nothing about my life that has changed. Like literally, I come to the office every day, do the same work. If I want to go get something to eat, I can walk into Chipotle and order food and leave. There's no difference in my life. So maybe I'm one of the fortunate ones that has not been affected. And please believe when I say to you, that if you have lost a family member, a loved one, someone close to you, I feel sorry. I feel badly for you. I feel badly for your loss. I preface this entire conversation with that point because this is such a polarizing topic as so many things are, which I'm absolutely fascinated with. Now, I don't feel it appropriate to dive into the political aspects of this because you have your belief, I have mine. They don't have to be the same And while I'm certainly not afraid to stand on my own two feet, I keep an open mind. And I don't know all the specifics. What I do know is here in the great state of Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine had been caught sharing stats from a little bit earlier in the year. So not that deaths weren't happening, but as long as you had some level of COVID-19 present in your system, of course you got marked with having that be the reason for your death. As I went back and audited files, they just kept slowly adding more deaths to the death toll. I think that's atrocious. Now, I know two individuals personally that have had COVID-19. Both ended up being at some point, whether in the past or currently clients of mine, inside of my business. Both are in their mid-30s. Both would have had some sort of pre-existing conditions that would made it so they could be more susceptible to the disease being a part of their body. Now, fortunately for all of us, they both beat the disease. Bed rest, things that they're required to take, and they're both living fully functional lives. I know that's not the case for everyone. Can make no mistake, I'm not saying this is not quote-unquote real. What I am saying is, from my standpoint, the fear-mongering and the pushing people into worst-case scenario has been absolutely atrocious the entire time this pandemic has existed. And I say pandemic again, tongue-in-cheek. Because now is... Right, things are starting to open back up. 
and more stats are coming to life. More things are coming to the surface. There's some fascinating stats that are coming out. Tony Robbins, someone, of course, that I look up to, shared an interview with five doctors from five different parts of the country with five different types of epistemology degrees and things that are comparable, sharing what they're now seeing from what's been going on since January. While people are certainly dying, the death rate from this presentation of information is comparable to the common cold. Now I understand it has a more rapid spread. The infection rate is quicker. Potentially. Like, can we stop kidding ourselves for just a minute? I need to drop the political nonsense. I need to drop the uh, being PC for a moment. Coronavirus comes out, you know, it's, it's announced to us sometime late January. And whether Trump's good or bad is indifferent, it just comes out then. Somehow, magically, we have enough time to create some sort of test to determine if you have coronavirus or not. Only a very small subset of the population gets tested for the coronavirus. That subset then gets extrapolated out to determine the likelihood of the entire population having it. Now, contracting the disease and having it kill you are two separate things. And of course, nobody really knows that going into it. And it's always easier to look backwards than it is to look forwards. But this has been preposterous. Like it's, it's preposterous from where I sit to now go into Lifetime Fitness, who I know their number one job is to ensure health and happiness, safety and security for their members. But I walk in and every person working in the gym that's an employee has to have a mask on. Well, if you haven't taken a look at the size of the different diseases that exist, right? Bacteria versus all types of different disease, size, and shapes. And you start to pay attention to the size of mask, right? The the porous nature. So things like this are measured in microns. I'm familiar with this from back in my suit selling days. That's also how wool is measured. It's the it's the finest. Microns a unit of measurement. You start looking at it, and, and these bullshit masks that people wear, they, it doesn't stop the disease. The answer is, why no? But if, it, if you have it, it stops you from spreading to other people. Okay? Maybe. Potentially. But that would be then assuming that this somehow nonsensical mask that's made out of cloth, that prevents the molecule from leaving your body and spreading to the world. But let's even assume that's true. Right? So here we are inside the gym. You can no longer see people's mouths. All the, all the people that are responsible for you know, keeping lifetime fitness running can't see in their mouths anymore. Right? And I don't know about you, but I'd taken for granted my ability to look at someone's mouth when they speak. It's a lot of how I gain information from them. So no big deal. Right? I don't wear a mask. I refuse to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. I think masks are preposterous. And so I don't wear one, and I'm not going to. And I choose to not go into establishments that require me to wear a mask. Fortunately, Lifetime does not require me to wear one. However, when I go to check in, they have this nice plastic divider. 
right? Maybe you've seen one in your hometown now where you have to slide your membership ID under this little cutout hole. But the uniqueness about this is this magic plastic divider doesn't cover the entire width of the counter. And as I walk up to hand my ID, it's just easier for me to hand it to the left side right around the, the banner, right around the, the, the divider. And so, of course, the individual grabs it from me, scans it, and says, you know, essentially, welcome back. That's so great. Right, no big deal. A little different, but I'm, I'm still excited. I'm back to the gym. Things are feeling good. Now, as I'm walking around, I'm noticing how many participants from the gym. So how many people worked out that are walking out wearing a mask themselves? I'm like, this can't be. This is, this is insane to me. And so I eventually make my way upstairs, right? Our lifetime has the workout facility portion on the second floor. And machines are spread apart. Machines have right, social distancing, can't be within six feet. Okay, so it's an enclosed building. You can't be within six feet. It's got a consistent ventilation system that's always pumping things through the air. You mean to tell me that apparently these molecules, they die if they go further than six feet and they don't get recirculated through the air. Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. That could be the fact. just doesn't make any damn sense to me. And more importantly, what doesn't make sense is the people working out wearing these masks, right? They're sweating. They're breathing things out. They're creating their own bacteria-laden environment. Like our, the exhalation of our breath is to help detoxify our body. And you're, you're keeping that in with the sweat and the, the disgusting nature of what it is to work out. It's their prerogative, though. I'm not judging them for it. I just think it's interesting. It doesn't make any damn sense to me. Because, again, the media will have you believe that that has to be the only way to be safe. And potentially it is, right? It started with those N95 masks. It had to be an N95 mask or it was shit. And then it was, well, as long as you have a mask, you're fine. And then it was, well, as long as you have a cloth mask, you're okay. But you just think, that's, that's been the story that has now changed from just February until May. But even then, if you look at actual reports on N95 masks, they're told to be thrown away after two hours of use in a clinical setting because they lose effectiveness. So if that's the highest quality mask with the highest quality filtration, and these individuals are wearing the same mask consistently for hours at a time, what effect does that actually have? And I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm just, I'm fascinated. So I get on my workout. It's very disheartening. It's very downtrodden. It's very ridiculous to me. The whole environment feels ridiculous. You can't see people. You can't use things. So I go in the locker room, right? I'm, I'm done with my workout. And what I do every day after I get done working out, I do this crazy thing where I wash my body off with soap and water. In order to do that, right, you you need a towel to dry off with. In theory, I guess you don't need one. It's a preference. And so all the towels have been taken away in Lifetime because the towels would spread the bacteria because it would be wet. Just like the face mask that people are wearing that they take off and leave on the bench because they have to get ready. So the towels are bad, but the face mask is good. Potentially, right? Like I said, just pointing out things that I'm noticing. As I go in the shower itself, need to. The right 
side of the hallway of showers is now shut off. You cannot get into those showers. They are all roped off, taped off. You can't get in. What you can do is hop in all the showers that are side by side each other. I suppose they're not six feet apart, so what's the big deal? But it's fascinating because, right, so I I figured out the drying off portion. I had some stuff with me in my gym bag, so I was able to do that. I didn't have to drip dry, as they call it. But then I'm looking as I walk into, right, the locker section. And there are signs that only four people or more or, or less are allowed in the same locker section. Well, if you've ever been to a crowded lifetime gym, that shit just doesn't work. There's too many people. And so now you have to wait until people leave. You have to wait until people leave their locker so that you're able to get into your locker if there's too many people there. And all of this, I get it. It keeps people safe, right? That's the whole thing. Unless you operate on the premise of there's nothing to fear other than fear itself. Where all the stats, all the numbers, all the the premonitions that we all have been shared, that have been shared with all of us about this disease, none of us really actually know. Right? At some point, you're taking the information that you're receiving from mainstream media or just the media, the news outlet, right? I don't care about the terminology behind it. I don't care if you're a Fox or a CNN watcher. I don't care if you're someone that gets their news from The Onion, right? A political satire site. It doesn't matter to me. But can we be honest for a second that we have to assume that somehow that information is actually true and valid? And that if one story can be spun three to five different ways, how in the world can we actually know what it actually is? That's an honest question for you because I certainly don't know. And don't get me wrong, I have friends in New York City that said it was incredible atrocities that were happening, that people were dying left and right. And I saw the bodies and the videos on TV. Uh, not TV so much, more, more online. I'm not a TV watcher. And so I believe that was happening. I believe it still could be. But what I also believe is this has been a hyper-exaggerated situation made to induce fear and panic in the world. That's my belief. Now, there's all types of theories as to why that could happen. Was it right, the political environment? Was it to capsize the economy? Was it China? Was it Russia? You could go on this entire rabbit hole about all the reasons this might have happened, but... Can we be honest with each other yet again, just for one moment, just you and I? Do you honestly believe that you have a high likelihood of, of dying from this? Do you honestly believe you have a high likelihood of even getting sick from it? Maybe potentially. And if you do, it is your right and your prerogative, if you're listening to this in the U.S., to take every precaution possible. But as I sit and live my life and want to work out so I have a healthy, strong immune system, so I fuel my body with good quality foods so that I can consistently fight off disease, so I get a consistent amount of vitamin D in my life to charge my cells and feel better overall, as I do all the things that I have done for so long to make myself feel healthy and happy and strong, that's also my prerogative. And so when I got done at Lifetime, I drove to yet another gym. I drove to a gym that was the stomping ground for my more adventurous bodybuilding days, a gym called Metro Fitness. 
few miles away. And I walk in, and certainly the people behind the, the front desk, they do have masks on, right? The state is mandating that. But you look around the gym, and people are working out hard. There's no masks that they're wearing. Everybody's cleaning up after themselves. There's no shenanigans anywhere, right? Everybody's wiping off the machines, really just like they almost always did. And there's not a sense of fear in this building. But inside Lifetime, it was palpable. You could feel the fear. There's almost relief and excitement in the more quote-unquote bodybuilding gym, which I hadn't been to in three or four years, and it certainly doesn't feel bodybuilding in any capacity anymore. Now, of course, as I walked through to tour their facilities to consider signing up for a membership, the the showers are closed just in general, which is a massive pain in the ass for me because I work out and I shower. But they currently don't have the staff to keep up with the cleaning for those showers, and it's not worth the liability to them. And I get it; it's not in their side; it's not in their control. The state of Ohio is not allowing this to be a case by case basis. They've mandated reopen principles and policies to keep the general public safe. Beautiful. I think that's outstanding. But safe from what? Right, during this entire pandemic, my wife had a CFS leak. Right, basically, her spinal column was leaking fluid. Incredibly painful for her. We've been dealing with this since before the coronavirus came and reared its ugly head, really all the way back since February. And so we have been in and out of countless hospitals around Columbus, Ohio, during this entire time, all the way up until most recently last week. And we're going in for another procedure, and now the hospital will not allow me in to accompany her. It's not, it's not an option. I can't negotiate my way through it. I can't get health checked through it. While the time previous, they took my temperature. They asked if I had any symptoms. They made sure I was good. They made me wear a mask. They did all these things. But now, now I can't accompany her to her spinal patch, it's called. And my wife's a strong, independent woman. She doesn't need me there. I wanted to be there for her. But as I look in the parking lot, the parking lot is the least busy it has ever been. As I look at hospitals across the country, they're closing their doors because they're not able to be open based off state laws and regulations. However, they have no presence of the coronavirus in their city. And so the question that I have to begin to ask is, when is all the fear going to stop? You realize you have an energetic expression that comes off of your body during a fearful moment. You also have an energetic expression, a, a force field, if you will, that radiates around your body when you feel strong and driven and determination and powerful. And the things that you're filling your head with on a moment-by-moment and day-by-day basis determine that energetic expression that surrounds your body. And so as you are questioning yourself, how to reevaluate, how to reemerge into the world, and you might be judging other people's decisions, I feel called and compelled to ask you, what is that actually serving you? Because there are plenty of people that I'm close with that I would consider dear friends that hold the polar opposite position I do on this topic. Lovely woman from here in Columbus, Ohio, someone I hold in high, high regard. She thinks the polar opposite. 
Right? If you don't wear a mask, you're being reckless. You're putting people's lives in jeopardy. You're doing everything wrong. You're what's wrong with society. And I suppose that could be true as well, right? There's really no way to know. On the fact that I refuse to be fearful. I refuse to let fear have any sort of stronghold in my life. It feels, again, completely preposterous to me. And so what are you looking at in your life that you could potentially be walking away from based off fear? And what is that putting out into the universe that you ultimately deserve and are requiring back? Our lifetime was a joke to me. Like it's $170 a month for my family and I to go there. I can't use a steam room. I can't use half the showers. I can't use the lockers. There's only five people allowed in the basketball court at a time while I don't actually play basketball, so it doesn't matter. The CrossFit-style training area, you can only have, I think it's seven people in that entire area. The entire thing is atrocious. It makes no sense. I cannot see maintaining a membership at that dollar amount to use a third of the amenities that are there. But I get it because they have to protect people. But protect people from what? From the disease. And this gets super fascinating for me. Because the survival of the fittest and population control has such a polarizing conversation. Or you say that like, oh, he's so callous. He's cold. It's easy for him to say because he hasn't lost anybody close to him. I've lost plenty of people that are close to me. But I also look at it that if someone is 70 years or older, 70 years of age, I think we can even drop that down to 65 from the last stats that I looked at, which again are probably skewed because everything is skewed. The likelihood of you perishing from this disease are less than 0.0002% if you are under the age of 65. That means little, I have like a better chance in Columbus, Ohio of driving my car and getting in a fatal accident than I do of dying of COVID. Just statistically here. I mean, I don't wrap my car in bubble wrap. I don't walk everywhere. I don't expect everybody else to walk everywhere and I expect everybody else to wrap their car in bubble wrap. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a unique thing that we're going through as a civilization right now. If you're not feeling some sort of pulled from light to dark or dark to light or whatever you want to look at, right? When who knows what these energetic forces are? I certainly don't know, right? The man, I don't know the Wizard of Oz. I don't know the man behind the curtain. I have no clue. But what I do know is there's a shift that's happening, and you have an opportunity to reevaluate in this moment what side of that shift you want to be on. And this is not good nor bad. This is not positive nor negative. This, from my simple standpoint, is are you looking to cower in fear or are you looking to go forward in strength? No matter what side you choose. A little different episode. I understand that. But the show itself is taking different turns. A little more relatability, a little more current event, a little more of whatever I want to talk about, whatever feels right, because it feels right. And so I'm super open to feedback. I'd love to have the, I'll call it the debatable conversations. And if you're up for it, 
I would love to have you as a potential guest on the show to discover and declare just what this could be. You can just have to send me an email, ryan at ryanidell.com. We can see if we can map it out together. That is, again, if you're willing to stand for something. And I say stand for something because there's also this thing that I'm finding over and over again. People are afraid. People are afraid to stand up and say what they believe. I believe this is all a bunch of BS. I believe that there's a lot of fear that runs around. I believe this is changing the way that we show up. I believe that the world was screwed up when our daughter, who is 10 years old, is being told that next year, if she's lucky, they will do two days at school and two days home from school. They will not be able to eat with their friends. They'll have to have social distancing at their desk. They will have to wear masks to school. They'll have to have plastic surrounding their desk so that they can't sneeze or cough or look at somebody the wrong way. I believe that if someone thinks that we're going to do that as a family, that that's a healthy way to help establish a child's psyche, that they are sadly mistaken. That makes no damn sense to me. So, super excited to have a conversation with you. If you're one of the ones who wants to step up and chat with me, I would love to. Right, I'm super, super, super open and excited for different perspectives. Because I know in every moment of every day, I am one quick-mouthed conversation away from being proven wrong. And I have no problem being proven wrong. With that, I'm Ryan Nidell, wishing you truly unlimited success.